Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. I'm Lauren Conlon, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Thank you to everyone who had such positive things to say about our guest last week, Cheryl Mack McCollum. So many of you came forward and were just like, wow, she was so spot on. And one of those people that said she was so spot on was Angie Solomon. Angie was floored by what Mac had to say because the way she was treated by law enforcement was the exact opposite of the way she should have been treated. 
Even when Angie had questions about Grant's death weeks later, Officer Ty Wilson, the responding officer on the scene, not only rushed her off the phone abruptly, but he completely stunned Angie at his lack of sensitivity about just about everything. He even referred to Grant, her son, as a subject at one point. I also asked Angie if she saw any police at the hospital because Cheryl mentioned, you know, protocol is the police showing up and and talking to the parents or if she saw a detective or, or anyone in law enforcement. And Angie's answer was no. She didn't see any police at the hospital or if they did show up at any point, she didn't talk to them because they didn't approach her. So something else that was very off-putting was that Angie told me when we were discussing this, she never even saw a doctor at the hospital. Dr. Kimberly Plord, or Plorde, however you say it, was the attending physician that day who worked on Grant, and she didn't speak with Angie at all. Angie was allowed to be with Grant after he passed and spent some time with him, but she only saw a few nurses, never a doctor. And I was just in shock when she told me that. And I don't think I ever really put it together just how messed up it was, the way everyone treated her that was involved in caring for Grant. I didn't really think about it until Mac really laid it all out there on the table in how she should have been treated. Angie also has requested additional paperwork from Sumner Regional Medical, which is where Grant passed, and they told her that the paperwork was unavailable. So interestingly enough, I ended up speaking to someone who worked at Sumner Regional, and she obviously wanted to remain anonymous, but she said, quote, the hospital records for Grant have been wiped from the system, just FYI. This is not protocol and is a huge red flag. Many of the staff from that morning are no longer here, but there are a core few who are. They must have been told or warned because they won't talk about it at all, end quote. So she added that when a patient's file is wiped out, it really only occurs typically if a patient is DOA and never entered into the system in the first place. And she clearly understands it. He was not DOA. Um, and she's correct. Grant got to the hospital by 9-11 and he was pronounced deceased at 9-28 a.m. So yeah, very, very odd. We'll be doing more digging on that, but I did want to alert everybody that I did speak to this person who worked at the hospital and she confirmed it. So let's go back to last week with Cheryl McCollum. So Cheryl suggested that I reach out to Peter Hyatt, who owns Hyatt Analysis and is a leading statement analyst in the industry. So wasting no time, I contacted Peter and one of his associates, Paul, and they agreed to look over Aaron Solomon's written statement, the 911 call, pictures from the accident, and police statements. And Paul made it very clear to me that he did not want anything else. No backstory, nothing. This obviously helps them analyze these statements with a clear head. I was so impressed with these guys and their team. They are just 
so wonderful and pay such close attention to every single detail. I mean, things they were saying, I was like, wow, I did not even think of that. So I'm going to have Paul most likely on the podcast for next week. So you can hear all of his insight in great detail. We basically just got off the call as I'm recording this. So I am processing a lot of information, but I obviously couldn't wait. I really wanted to share some of this stuff with you guys. So again, next week we will go into much greater detail, but I wanted to read off to you their conclusions about the 911 call and how their conclusions operate is they ask a question and then they give a yes or no answer. And there were probably 15 to 20 analysts on this call or in this meeting, and every single person was in agreement. So Aaron Solomon is referred to as the caller. So I'm just going to read off these nine questions and I will give you the answers that were, that everybody was uh, in agreement on. Number one, did the caller prioritize Grant's plight? No. Number two, did the caller facilitate the flow of information to help Grant? No. Number three, did the caller show empathy towards Grant? No. Number four, did the caller indicate for subtle blaming of the victim? Yes. Number five, did the caller distance himself from Grant? Yes. Number six, did the caller describe the attempts to save Grant? No. Number seven, did the caller ask for help in saving Grant? No. Number eight, Did the caller address Grant's current state to better help responders? No. Number nine, did the caller indicate for candor in this call? No. Nine was the last question. And again, just keep in mind that the entire team was in agreement with those statements and how they answered those questions. So please keep that in your mind or the back of your mind for next week when we go into a lot more detail. And you know what? Listen to the 911 call again. You will totally see everything they are talking about. Did the caller describe the attempts to save Grant? No. Did the caller ask for help in saving Grant? No. It's crazy. Okay, so let's get to my favorite part of the day, which was when a handwriting expert analyzed Aaron's written statement to the police. Now, this is going to absolutely blow your mind. It was unanimously agreed upon by the team that Aaron Solomon is lying. They are not confirming foul play or anything like that, but simply based on his written statement and 911 call, he is lying. So I've linked out Aaron's written statement in the show notes. So please pull it up while you listen to this. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm still like just reeling over it because it was so intense. So just FYI, the handwriting expert needed to remain anonymous. So I've made a slight tweak to his voice. My apologies if it's annoying or sounds weird to anybody, but it had to be done. But anyway, try to ignore it because what he says is very intense. So pull up the statement and here we go. Anytime I look at handwriting, um, 
I remember a couple of things. And a couple of things I remember is the communication concept. The communication concept teaches me that we associate up with good, down with bad, towards with good, away with bad, open with good, close with bad, whether it's in our handwriting, our body language, or even in our words. I also want to look for clusters. No single trait means anything. So I'm going to look for clusters in the handwriting. And uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at when we look at the uh, right here. My son, Grant, and I pulled. And if you look at the L in the word pulled, you will see it's there's tension. It's uh, retraced. It's uptight. This is usually an indicate of uh, a repressed or lacking coping skills. So you can see right away that there's tension right there with being pulled into. So why is he feeling tension with the word pulled? I don't know. But if you also look at the letter D in the word pulled, you can see how the letter D is slanted further to the right. And this is what we often call the maniac D. Maniac D is often associated with a sudden loss of emotional control. So these are people who can who are, can be overly sensitive, overly brittle, who can respond and lash out without much thinking. Then when you go to the word separately, if you look at the letter P in the word separately, you can see it's an unusual formation there. And that unusual formations are often associated with unusual thinking, unusual urges. So and where is it occurring is in the lower zone. And we often associate the lower zone with our physical, financial, or sexual needs. So something about this individual is letting me know that he has some unusual um, thoughts or behavior when it comes to those needs. And then you look at the uh, letter Y in the word separately. You can see how that top of the letter uh, Y is almost non-existent. So we've got anytime any letters suddenly shrink up, retrace, um, tighten up, that's letting you know that there's increased tension. Now, obviously, he's writing a statement here. we got to put it in context about the loss of the son. We're going to expect that there's going to be some tension. However, we look for where does the tension occur and when does it not occur? Because if you're incredibly tense, then we would expect to see the tension throughout the handwriting. But when we don't see it throughout the handwriting, then we've got to ask, why is it occurring when we see it? If you look at the word parked on the first line there, again, the D, Leaning further to the right, more maniac D. This is an individual who does not have a lot of ability to control their emotions. If you come down to the second line, you see the word uh, letter B in the word by in between side by side. You can see that it's open. We often find that the letter circle letters open like this is often what we call a loss of morals. These are people who um, really don't find follow any kind of moral guideline. I think I saw it in Jeffrey Dahmer's. I've seen it in other uh, known serial killer's handwriting. And what this basically means is the morals or rules do not apply to me. So, But if you look at the letter D in the word side, see how it's pulling back. It's actually, it's leaning to the left. And what this is telling us, this is a withholding or a pulling back of emotion, which would probably give me indication. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ...that they didn't necessarily park side by side because why is he getting tense on the word side by side? And if you look at the distance between the words side by side, you can see the second side has an increase in space between the words by and side. And I've got a withdrawal of the, um, or the leftward leaning of the letter D, which is the repressing. And if you can even look at the D itself is slightly sinking below. Letters that sink below the baseline are often associated with heavy feelings. So in that one word side, I've got three words, or is what I told you, look for clusters, indicating that there's something wrong with how they were parked side by side. Now, again, I don't know whether or not they weren't parked side by side, but what I would say to my investigator is you need to question the exact location of these vehicles. So then we come to, I was still in my car. And all of a sudden, if you look at the size of some of the letters, but then when you get to in my car, you can see that the letters begin to shrink. You can see that there's retracing. You can see that there's increased space between the words my car. Increase in space, increase in distance is what we call loss of spontaneity, which means he had to either think or to uh, how to spell the word car, or he had to think about what he was going to say. One of the things we find that words that coming from the created part of the brain take longer to come up with, whereas words coming from memory come to us quite easily. So is he creating here? Is he lying here? Why did he have to think about where he was still? And if you look at the word car, can you see how the letter C and A are almost angular? Angles are associated with aggressive feelings. Matter of fact, if you were to draw, and this is actually done in therapy, if you were to draw a bunch of angles, how would you feel? And what most of us feel is tension and uh, uptightness. And what they'll have people do in uh, therapy is they'll have them draw a bunch of cons- um, circles or figure eights connected that are nice and round, which helps make people feel relaxed. So why is he feeling so tense and distant when it comes to my car? I would have questions about that. The word but, you can see that the letter B is open. Again, lack of uh, morals there. The word notice, you can see how the letter O is super tight, more tension with the word notice. And I, I always love looking for the word notice because anytime I see the, per, or the person mention noticing something, it's usually a pretty good indicator that they were looking for it ahead of time. Then why were they looking for it? And if you also look at the letter D in the word notice, you can see they get maniac D there. So, and I, I apologize if I'm missing the comments. I will try and go back to them. I'm not very good at multitasking. So then if we get back to the, the words baseball, to get his baseball gear, can you see how the words his baseball begin to sink down, which tells me that there's a heaviness with when he's thinking about his baseball gear. So why does he have heaviness? Why does he have... Um, why is there a sinking feeling when it comes to the word baseball? And you can see the word gear actually drops even further down. 
out of the back of. So you can see the word the back of is sinking down. So I've got a lot of sinking feelings with the location and the significance of the baseball gear. Um, this is my speculation just by looking at the sensitivity in the letters and the words and the fact that the words that he's producing, it, I would, one of my strongest hypotheses would be that he was killed with his own baseball gear and the location of the baseball gear was not in the back of his truck. How else do I know that? If you look at the word truck, can you see how the word truck is indented to the right? So the fact that it's indented more to the right, matter of fact, in multiple studies, they found that the words that are indented when that uh, left um, margin is indented is one of the best uh, areas to look for sensitive, deceptive, or missing information. So truck is indented leftward. Then I look down to check. You look at the word check, you can see how it's slanting to the right. So both the H and the K are extremely slanting to the right, more loss of emotional control. And you look at that K in the word work, you can see extreme tension, retracing. You expect to see a certain amount of retracing and loops in anybody's handwriting. And when any of these dominate, it can be a warning sign. So um, seeing some extreme tension here in these letters, which tells me that this is a brittle individual, a high tense individual, a person who doesn't have good coping skills. And what really jumped out at me was the next thing I know. So if you look at how far that indented, the next thing that I know, that is a huge indent to the right, which tells me that this is probably less than truthful. And especially when I look at how tense or how the T in the word the is sinking down into the zone below, anytime we have cross-contamination, letters that belong in one zone but end up in another zone, what usually it tells me is that there's either unconscious or disturbed thinking going on. And I see how tight the letter E is in the word next, which tells me there's tension with what's being said. And if you look at the unusual letter formation in the word thing, is that two loops? Is that two letter G's? I, it's, the quality isn't good enough for me to be able to tell what's going on there, but unusual letter formations usually tells me that there's unusual or disturbed thinking going on. So I know of I hear and see, you can see in the word see, and I hear and see, both E's are tight in the hear and in see, more tension. The truck rolling backwards. Now, if you look at the K in the word backwards, oh, the letter B in backwards is open again, lack of morals, rules don't apply to me. The letter K is falling over to the right, loss of emotional control. Look at the O in the word into, See how tight that is? It looks like a deflated balloon. Um, extreme tension going on there. The ditch that, uh, you see it's going upward. I get out. Now, if you notice, look at the, the curved stroke on the top of the letter I there. This is the only time I think he's got a curved stroke to that significance in the personal pronoun I. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to mention. His personal pronoun I's are dominant. If you look at this handwriting, the first thing that really jumps at you is the personal pronoun I, which is usually indicative of um, either a healthy ego or a super ego. And sometimes can be found in narcissists. This is usually someone that's most important about themselves. But here, I get out the fact that it's curving 
curved strokes that are going downwards like that is often indicative of someone trying to control either a thought or a feeling. What is he trying to control here at this point about getting out of my car? I'm not sure. And if you look at the uh, letter Y in the word my for my car, you can see how long that is. So overly long lower zones are often associated with someone who's overly focused on physical, financial, or sexual needs. And you can see that this is so something about my car, which is interesting. Um, Avion Sapir, and Peter, you may remember this, Avion Sapir has said that uh, American men often associate their car with their sexuality. So the fact that he has an extended lower zone on the my when he's talking about my car, I would, I would, the hypothesis I would go with is that he has um, probably overly strong um, sexual thoughts and or needs that may even border on the unusual. To try and find my son, if you look at the O in the word son, you can see how tense that O is in the word son. More tension. Why is there so much tension for the word son? Because you can see the very next word, saw, the A is open. You can look at the word two to find it's open, but why is it closing on the word son? So obviously there's tension with the son that he was trapped. And if you look at the words trapped, notice how it's jumping to the right. Again, pretty strong indicator that the son was not trapped. And I would imagine, um, and I don't know the evidence, I don't know the forensic evidence, but I would imagine it was probably you could have pulled this young man out from under the car that he made. The car may not have been resting directly on top of him because the way that the word was trapped is um, written makes me question the veracity as to whether or not he was truly trapped or whether the car or truck was just placed over him. Was trapped again. If you look at the letter P's, you can see how they are kind of retraced and super tight. And then the falling over in letter D indicating the uh, maniac D or the sudden loss of emotional control. And if you look at the words immediately, you can see how you're getting more tension there in the word immediately, even get the, what we call the buckle letter E. The buckle letter E is often associated with uh, very difficult people. You've got the attention in the word L, in the word immediately. And then when you come to the word, and this is my favorite, called 911, look at the shape of the number nine. Oftentimes I find angular shapes and especially if they are angular shapes and circle letters, are often very dangerous. Anytime I find letters, circular letters, that are in the shapes of flames or weapons, um, often indicates to me a hostile, aggressive, or dangerous person. I'm still in shock. The maniac D? I mean, essentially, he made comparisons between Aaron Solomon and Jeffrey Dahmer, which again, just blew my mind. And look, I'm not even scratching the surface here with what we discussed and analyzed. So that really will will give you and me as well something to look forward to for next week. So I will have a lot more on everything we discussed in today's meeting. But I also, this is crazy, and I had to go back and ask Peter if he actually said this or if I misheard him, but at one point he said, man, we should use this statement in the future as a perfect example of deception. I was like, uh, what? So yeah, uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Gallatin PD and the DA and everybody who has just simply ignored this case. 
And don't forget to go to the show notes where you can see the change.org petition that everybody should sign if they haven't already, the GoFundMe, and other things that we referenced in this episode. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another episode of Corruption. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.